This is Work of the Beat. It is Friday, January 28, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. I almost said 2021. I hope you're staying safe and warm and dry as the weekend looks miserable thanks to the blizzard uh, that is incoming. Uh, at least down the shore, up here, it looks like about six to eight inches, which is no slouch of a storm. This looks like probably the biggest one we'll get this winter. Um, so it's a good weekend to watch football. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about with the Associated Press's national uh, football writer. We've had him on this show plenty of times. He also is a Baseball Hall of Fame voter, so we'll talk to him about that. It's Rob Motti. We'll talk uh, a little bit of everything here in this edition on this edition of Working the Beat. Talk, obviously, the two conference championship games um, this weekend. It's going to be tough to top what happened last weekend. I think it's almost impossible to top what happened this weekend. I just get a sense we're actually going to be in for two pretty bad games this weekend. I, I don't really. I know the 49ers have had the Rams number, uh, but it just feels like it's a uh, it's the Rams year in the NFC and in the AFC. I mean, the Bengals. If Joe Burrow gets sacked nine times, the Bengals may lose by seventy. Um, so we'll talk to Rob about that and all that stuff. Michael, join us in as well on the conversation. When we look ahead the next week, we have uh, Dana O'Neill will join us on Wednesday uh, to talk about her book on the Big East, and we'll start looking ahead to college basketball's March Madness. So a lot on tap. Ruben Amaro is going to join us as we get into February. Hey, you know, normally February is spring training, but... Who knows? So, a lot going on here. Uh, but when we come back, it is Rob Motti from the Associated Press. He'll join us. Work going to be continues right after these messages. Well, big weekend, obviously, coming up. The National Football League will crown its conference champions. Uh, A little bit different than I think most of us expected the conference title games to look. Um, And obviously, the other big story of the week was the Baseball Hall of Fame vote, uh, which our guest takes part in both. He is the national writer on the NFL for the Associated Press and also a Baseball Hall of Fame voter, or he was. We'll see if he continues. It's Rob Motti. Rob, how are you? Yo, what's up, Kevin? What's up, Mike? I don't know if they're going to let me continue to vote as critical as I've been yes. of the process and the system, but I, I've been a baseball writer for two decades until this year. Uh, I was promoted to NFL writer, all things NFL. So uh, I think I can – I'm going to hold my card for at least one more year by maybe maybe I head down to spring training and, and hold on to it and see if I can keep voting. But You're, uh, I you're think, assuming I there's going to – you're assuming there's going to be a spring training, buddy. This is true. This is true. They need to take the vote away from us anyway, so we can get into all that. Thank you. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in a few minutes here. There's. Let's get to the NFL questions. Uh, let me ask. Let me start by asking Eagle stuff first, because obviously the market up here. Um, the, you saw Jalen Hurts' last game, and you saw him a couple times this year. Uh, is he really the answer, or are they going to? 
look this offseason at upgrading the quarterback position? I got to see five games in person this year. I was thrilled about that. Beautiful trip up north. But, hey, my parents still live up in Jersey. So that, anytime you can mix work and a family trip together, that's, that's right. great. Uh, I, I think, guys, I think Jalen Hurts is still a question mark. And there were points in this season where we thought, all right, he could be the guy going forward. And then the way they finish against the Buccaneers was atrocious. Um, I believe Howie Roseman last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, my, my days are all getting bunched up together, said everything uh, that he, you would expect him to say. I couldn't, I didn't anticipate he's going to come out after the season and say, hey, we're going to go in another direction. But that said, I, I feel this Eagles team is going to explore every possibility, as they should. Any good GM is going to look into how do we upgrade at a position where we don't know for sure if Jalen Hurts is the answer. Now, they, they can use some of those first-round picks to make a trade. They could uh, use, as I've suggested and others uh, have suggested, maybe trade some of those first-round picks to next year and accumulate picks in 2023 when it's a better quarterback class coming out and evaluate Jalen for one more year. I don't think it's fair to completely say he's not the guy because we saw in some spurts and in some instances where you can win certainly enough games with Jalen Hurts to be a playoff team. I have not yet seen them win a game because of Jalen Hurts. I've seen them win games with Jalen Hurts. And, and I believe in the playoffs, in order to be a Super Bowl champion, you need to have a quarterback who you win because of. Now, that said, we got a guy Final Four in Jimmy Garoppolo with the San Francisco 49ers who hasn't done a thing to win games for the Niners. He, they've won with him. Now, if he goes on and somehow wins a Super Bowl, which I'd love to see because then it gives hope to every team out there that's got a mediocre quarterback. Hey, we can do it too if we have a run game, we got a physical team, we got this, that, and the other. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, though, Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback for the Eagles in 2022, and I, and I think they'll evaluate him one more year because I don't see them getting Aaron Rodgers, uh, and I, I don't think they're going to get Russell Wilson, and I don't think they're going to get Deshaun Watson. They may. But right now, I'm not putting my money on that. Mike? Yeah, do you think, Rob, there's any – and I agree with you. I think they're going – there's no way Howie's going to pick 14, 15, and 19 or wherever the three picks are. There's no way. One of them is definitely going towards next year if they can pick something up. And I don't know what they're going to do with the rest. We're going to do. But do you see a quarterback in this draft that would be like maybe the 19 slot, like a Malik Wills? or, you know, maybe somebody at the 14, 15, or 15, whatever they're picking, that they might say, hey, we really like this guy. And I'm, I'm assuming it wouldn't be Pickett because I'm assuming he would be gone, and I know they probably like him. Do you see any of that happening? It's, a, it's possible, Mike, right? If they fall in love with Pickett, they certainly can try and get him at whatever position sure, sure. it yeah. may take, right? You you got the assets to go get a Kenny Pickett. Maybe they fall in love with Malik Willis. Like I don't know their line of thinking on these particular quarterbacks, but I could tell you from my perspective, I don't know that any of those guys are better than Jalen Hurts. So mm -hmm. rather than invest in one of those guys, uh, I'd rather build around Jalen for at least one more year and I certainly don't see them using all three of those picks. I think you trade a one this year and get a one plus, right? You're right. going to get one plus for next year. That's going to help you a little bit, and you've got more time to evaluate. Now, I could be wrong. They could go out there and they could see these guys and evaluate them, and 
and the combine and everything else and fall head over heels, right? They did it way back with Mike Mamula. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was off the charts. We got to have this guy. Maybe something happens with one of these guys. Like, I, I like Kenny Pickett's makeup. I know where he's working out. I know the guys that he's working with up there in, in North Central Jersey, that area test uh, uh, training center. And, and those guys do a great job w- with players. Joe Flacco worked out with them way back, and uh, he ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I, I think he's a guy who could pan out, but – you know, I'm, I'm not sure, man. I, I'd be willing to bet on Jalen one more year. There's, he's got enough talent to work with, and there's some things in there that I think you can grow and develop and see if he can mature. Rob, Rob when, we, wait, wait, one question. when we talk about, like, the Wilsons and the Rodgers, which I don't think they're – what about the, the Deshaun Watson situation? Uh, how do you see that? Maybe maybe even it's not with you, but how – is Deshaun Watson going to play next year? And, and if, if he does become available – would that at all interest the Eagles? Oh, I think for sure. But I, I, that's still such a question mark. Sure. He's got. I can't imagine a team trading the assets it's going to take, guys, to get Deshaun without having some solution, a resolution with all of right. this legal stuff that's going on. They got to know, is this guy going to serve any kind of time? Is this guy going to be suspended eight games, ten games, four games, whatever it may be? before you go and trade a whole lot of assets to get them. So uh, I think there'll be other movement first, whether if if Russell Wilson in Seattle decide to part ways, he's going to go. If, if Aaron Rodgers comes back after two, three, four weeks of meditation and decides, I want to play, but I want it to be outside Green Bay, he's certainly going to go, and he's going to go quickly, and there's a whole lot of options for him. And I think the NFC looks a, a, a lot more intriguing to Aaron Rodgers than the AFC, a lot of people want to link him to the Denver Broncos and the, and the offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett's there. But, man, if he goes to the AFC, he's got to contend with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. You don't have that in the NFC. You might not even have Tom Brady beyond this season. So it, you could be the king of the NFC if you stay there. I wanted to ask you about Brady in a second, but there's one other quarterback I wanted to throw on the Eagles topic. Would you have interest if you were the Eagles and Derek Carr? Yeah, I, I like Derek Carr. Uh, I certainly like Derek Carr as a person. Probably going to be uh, like probably going to cost you less than you would for Watson or Wilson at this point, right? Because of the contract yeah. situation. Yeah, for sure. And, and he he's a guy. I, I I think he can win you games. We've mm-hmm. seen Derek Carr win games for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he he just hasn't had success in the postseason. He's only played one postseason uh, this season. Uh, the other year he was when they made it, he was injured. So. Uh, I, I think Derek Carr is a guy that you can win with and win because of. I would have interest, but it also depends on what is that cost. Yeah, you're right. It's not going to cost what Wilson's going to cost. It's not going to cost what Watson or Rodgers is, is going to cost. But he's still he's going to be a, a pretty expensive uh, a guy, and you're going to have to give up some assets for him. Uh, and and I, I don't know what the Raiders are going to be looking to do or get back in return. Would they have interest in Jalen Hurts uh, in a trade like that? Because if you're going to anybody you bring in to be a starter, I don't know that you would want to keep Jalen Hurts too. Um, that that to me wouldn't make much sense, and he might be a part of that trade uh, as well. Uh, let me ask you about one other eagle, and it's Jonathan Gannon, whose name was linked mm-hmm. to a couple head coaching jobs, but we're starting to see now that the 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 movement, uh, in, in the shell game a little bit. Is Jonathan Gannon end up with a head coaching job at the end of this cycle? Kevin, I don't think so, guys. I, I don't think Jonathan Gannon right now is is head coach worthy. I, I think he was worthy of interviews. I think a lot of guys are worthy of interviews. But I don't know that he did enough as a defensive coordinator with the Eagles to uh, hand over 
a franchise to him. Now, it's not all about what you do defensively uh, as a D coordinator, an offensive coordinator. I think there's leadership skills involved, who you're going to be able to bring in uh, as assistant coaches. I think that network is very important to owners, how they sell a guy on their franchise uh, to their to their fan base. Um, that said, you know, I think he's a guy who may eventually get a job as a head coach, but not this season. I'd be surprised. I think the interviews have done him well. Uh, and and he'll move he'll move forward as the Eagles D coordinator next year. Let me ask you about Brady before we get to the weekend. Um, where would you put the odds that he's not back next year that he retires? You know, I've been I've been feeling guys for about now just hearing uh, some of the things he says and some of the comments he makes about spending time with his family, about being the husband he needs to be and being the dad that he needs to be. And I, I've been feeling that it's trending towards one foot out the door. And then when he came out on his podcast Monday with Jim Gray and, and he said all of those things, uh, it's not what I want, it's what my family wants. It leads me to believe that he's at that point where he's got so much internal family pressure, specifically from his wife, Giselle, who last year after he won the Super Bowl on the field, first thing she said, she whispered in his ear, uh, I don't know this for a fact. It was reported. It was written in books. It's been reported upon here in Tampa that she said to him, what else do you have to prove? Uh, if she's been feeling that way for a few years and he listens, I, I think he's done. Uh, I think it would be unfortunate because he's at the top of his game. He's only, I know he's 44, but he's playing just so exceptional right now. It would be easy if his skills diminished. It would be easy if his skills had declined. But we're seeing somebody who is doing things at his age that we'll never see again. When you lead the league in every major statistical category at 44, lead your team to where he did. Uh, I think he could do it again. He's on the contract at 45. He could do it again at 45. He probably could do it again at 46. His body still feels great. He could. He takes care of himself like no one we've ever seen. Uh, and I would hope that he can convince Giselle over the next two, three, four, five weeks, whatever it takes to give him her blessing, her permission, whatever you want to call it, to come back and play at least one more season. But right now, if I had to guess one way or another, I'm at like 60-40 now. Mike? It's amazing to me that the two guys who are going to probably finish 1-2 in the MVP voting could both be leaving. Now, they might not, but that's amazing to me. I don't ever remember a sport. Of course, I've never seen guys at 44 do what he's doing either, but or Aaron at 38 even, but could you imagine if the, if the guys won two in the MVP to say, ah, that's it. And I don't think Rodgers is going to. And I'm not sure, Tom. I, if I was betting, I'd bet that both are going to play next year. That's me. Oh, man, I hope, Mike, I hope you're right uh, because I think football's better with those guys. I, I love to see great, right? I want to see greatness for as long as we can. I know there's a lot of people out there who hate both guys for various reasons or whatever it may be. But we're, we're seeing, especially in, in Brady, we're seeing something that we'll never see again. You know, uh, from a selfish standpoint, my daughters are eight years old. Uh, they just, they literally just got into football New Year's Day. So, they, and both of them are throwing a ball around going, I want to be a quarterback like Tom Brady. I'm like, man, this is really cool and fun to watch. Uh, I want to see him do it for one more year just to have that, that excitement when I come home. I'd never be able to come home and talk about work like that before. So, we'll see. Rob Motti joining us. Rob, w- let me get to the title games. One, let's start with game one. Paint me a scenario the Bengals can – I know they beat them a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati, but I always thought – I thought last week was more about Tennessee's failure than Cincinnati necessarily finding a way to win. Uh, and I don't see them going to Kansas City and really even competing, to be honest. 
uh, Kevin, I think last week it was all about Ryan Tannehill. Just couldn't yeah. win that game, which didn't surprise me because uh, I've been I, he's I Ryan disrespected. Tannehill. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I disrespected Tennessee throughout the year because of their quarterback situation. I like Ryan Tannehill's a guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a guy you win with, not win because of. Uh, so that didn't shock me last week. That said, going into this game this weekend, uh, if they give up nine sacks, they're not going to be in it. If they give up seven sacks, they're not going to be in it because Kansas City's going to be all over you. I could see a scenario, and I feel it will be, a game that's back and forth, high-scoring shootout where Cincinnati covers the spread. But I just can't see Kansas City losing that game at home. Maybe they win it on a field goal at the end. Maybe it goes to overtime, three overtimes, four overtimes. Tony Romo is like all giddy like a school kid. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all that. That'll be, that, that'll be nuts. But I think in the end, Kansas City's got too much offense. Have you guys heard the to stat? Contain. Have you guys no. heard the stat? And for whatever, I'll pass. And I'm not I'm big at the numbers wrong. But if teams that went into overtime in a wild card or a divisional game, Okay, the next week who we won it? I guess won in overtime. There's something like seven and fifteen. Wow, now, I'm good throwing space. that at you. And, that's and, a good. Is it, and is that against the number or straight up? Straight up. I, I'm. I'm. It's just straight up it, it, because overtime games, I guess, take a lot out of you. Now, I'm not sure how many of those teams that won in overtime were playing at home the next week. You know, were the favorite the next week. I, I don't know those numbers, but I don't wow. think. I don't think the Bengals have a shot. No. That's me because I think we're exactly where we thought we were going to be in August, even though it took a little a, a sideways to kind of get here. Kansas City is just I, – I, I don't see it. I know they should have lost last week. I get it. They should have lost the game. But they're not going to lose that game. I, and think about this. Andy Reid will, has been in four straight conference title games for the second time in his career. Yeah. Think about that. And if they get Incredible. to the Super Bowl – and the Rams are in the Super Bowl, it'll be the second straight year they'll play a team in the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. remarkable. Rob, speaking of the Rams game, Rams have lost six straight to the 40 Irons. It's a bizarre yeah. it's a bizarre trend line. With Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> Not all with Garoppolo. But, but, but the Rams had Jared Goff for four of those, so it's a yeah, different Yeah, how about that? You know? Yeah. It's you, a different. It's a different. You like Rams Stafford. Team, a, you like Stafford a lot more than I do. Like I, I think Stafford's I, okay. I'm not. I, yeah, I, I I like, he's better than okay. Okay, I'm not saying he's elite. I'm not saying he's Brady or Rod, but he's he's pretty good. Okay, Rob. Sorry. He showed. He showed up last week, guys. He showed up big time. I kept waiting for Stafford's big turnover, uh, yeah. and they kept turning the ball over, but it wasn't Stafford. That right, surprised right. me. Uh, I th- I think in this game, you know, San Francisco's a physical team. Right, they're a very physical team, so they're going to be tough. They're going to stay in the game. They can run the football, and, and you know. But ultimately, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, you're going to have to count on him to try and win a game, make a throw, make a play. He couldn't do it two years ago when he had a wide open receiver in the Super Bowl uh, against Kansas City. Miami, and I right. just don't think he's yeah, he's not going to be able to do it here. I'll take the Rams at home uh, to end that streak. I know that there's going to be a lot of 49ers fans in the stands, and uh, it's it's going to be. There's an opportunity. I love Debo Samuel and, and what he can do as a running back, as a punishing, bruising, wide receiver playing running back. But ultimately, I saw what Aaron Donald and Von Miller did last week to the GOAT, Tom Brady. They disrupted the, the offense for the Buccaneers, which is a heck of a lot better than the San Francisco 49ers offense. And, and if they allow Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, and the rest of that fierce 
defensive line to get in Jimmy Garoppolo's face, I think you can anticipate a few turnovers, and, and that is going to make it a and little bit easier is, for the Rams. I mean, Stafford has thrown his share of bad interceptions right. this year, too. Okay, so mm-hmm. not, but the interesting thing is if the Rams don't win this game, guys, really, then you got to just say, you, you got to, you can't lose this game. You've lost six yeah. straight to this team. You know, it's just to me like the Chiefs can't lose this game. The Chiefs, the Bengals are probably a year or so ahead of where, you know, maybe they should yeah. be. I, I just see the two favorites in this game. I, I it, It's really going to be hard. It's always hard when the favorite loses right. at home in a big playoff spot like Green Bay. As we, but, man, if the Rams lose this, what, what do you do if you're the Rams? Well, it's a legacy like, game for Sean McVay. Would you agree yeah, with that? But, yeah, but you're all in. Right. I mean, yeah. they went all in this year, right? Yep. This is their year. Oh, yeah. They got all these guys and and whatever, and yeah. um, and and they got a chance to play at home in the Super Bowl. Right. You you got to win this game. Okay, Rob, I'm it, sorry. It, it played out for them. Look at it. They finished with the four seed yeah. and end yeah. up hosting the yeah. NFC champ. Like one, two, and three lost in yeah. order for them to get that home field advantage. And yeah, they they were in win mountain win now mode when they go out and get Von Miller. They sign Odell Beckham Jr. The trade right. they made for Matthew Stafford. Now, I personally think Sean McVay is overrated. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget Nick Foles and Doug Peterson beating him twice. So, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in L.A., in his house. Yeah. So right. I know, I know he, I can, he can remember uh, the play that he called in the, the 2017 uh, first game of the season, third quarter, whatever yeah. play. He's got that incredible recognition and memory. That's all great. Uh, I, I also remember him in the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick, walking up to him before the game with the mic on, and he was basically bowing at the altar of Belichick, <laughs> and his team went out there and lost 13-3. So uh, I, I would love nothing more than to see Jimmy G stick it to the L.A. Rams again, and then, oh, look at those Rams. What's going to happen to Sean McVay? Everybody thinks he's the, he's the boy wonder genius. Meanwhile, Doug Peterson's out of a job, but he owns I, it. I think they scored six points in that game, Rob. I think no, he was there. They took the one off the field. They took a field goal off the board. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, before we uh, let you was, get- so that was after I covered the best Super Bowl I'd ever seen in my life, and the very next one was <laughs> the worst, absolute worst game. It was atrocious. I hate it to break it to you, Rob. Watch. You could you could see the worst this year. I don't see anybody beating Kansas City. I don't. I I and yeah, I don't I think, think the I think the Rams could if they got there. It, I do. If we end up with Niners and, and, and Chiefs, uh, it's going to no, be. No, I don't think the Niners can. No, I think it'll I be think a blowout. The, I think the Rams could score with them. Uh, yeah, Rob, they can. Rob, let me, let me, let me, before I get to the Hall of Fame, which will be a quick hit with you on this, because I know you got the, the girls in the back seat there. Um, can you hear them? <laughs> no, I see you looking back occasionally. That's the good part about Zoom. Oh, okay. um, you said Doug Peterson. He's not going to get a job this cycle, it, it looks like. How? Not looking that way. I think what's happened, Kev uh, and Mike, is this, right? You, you got more and more owners trying to be the guy who finds the next boy yeah. wonder genius. You're right. And I, I look yeah. back last year, right? And you had seven head coaches. Six of them were first time, all seven were first time NFL head coaches. Right. Urban Meyer came from college. So the other six outside of Urban Meyer, which was a disaster, the other six were all first-time head coaches. Five of them were 45 years old or younger. So they're all looking for this next young, hip, cool, innovative genius. And Doug, even though he won a Super Bowl, he's only 53, Mm -hmm. right? 
And, and he went to the playoffs three out of those five years. He's not fitting that, that bill. And now you look at the two this year who've been hired. Also, first-time head coaches. Now, Eberflus is 51. He's not in that 45 and under category. But, you know, but he's also a defensive guy for a team that's had offensive problems, That's which is bizarre. Yeah, that, that to me, that was a surprise. That, that absolutely, like, I thought Doug was a fit there. I think Doug is a fit to make that joke of a franchise in Jacksonville, a win absolutely. culture. Like, yep. there's, there's so Miami would be a nice fit for Doug, who lives right there in South Florida. Like, yeah. I, I would hate to see him not get a job in this coaching cycle, but it's certainly not looking that way. He's not even getting that opportunity. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know uh, what he's not saying or not doing enough in, the, in an interview, but I, I think some of it, the, the whole, hey, the trend to go young and innovative and uh, let's bring in whoever it may be and the next Brandon Staley and Sean McVay, neither of whom have won anything just yet. I think that's what's hurting them right now. Let me let me shift quickly to the Hall of Fame. You were a Bonds and Clemens guy the whole time, mm-hmm. okay? And Schilling. And Schilling. Schilling yeah, to me. different story. Yeah. In a strange way, I almost find Schilling more alarming than Bonds and Clemens. You can have an argument about, uh, right. about Bonds and Clemens and whether you should put them in or not. There's a legitimate... You know, I could see both sides of the argument on that because I kind of wrestle with it myself, okay? The shilling thing, look, what he says is horrible and preposterous and all that and, and, you know, rope tree journalists, some of the anti-Semitic stuff on Twitter and all that. But I almost think that we became shallow with that because we were up... There were people who took it personally. The insults were personal. And I think that they didn't realize that they kind of make Kurt Schilling... I don't want to say a martyr. That's maybe not the right term, but they give him a bigger megaphone to claim that we were out against them all along. And that's where I had a major problem with the rapid drop of Kurt Schilling, even though he said, don't vote for me. Yeah. And, and you know what, Kev, I, I sat down with Kurt about a month ago, right. not even. And it was the only interview he did ahead of uh, the, the, uh, the voting. And we had like a 30 minute conversation. If anybody wants to go back and listen, go to faith on the field show.com. That's find right. The podcast. You can hear the whole thing, and, and you're right. I think that is more alarming because in Bonds and, and Clemens and any of the steroid guys, at least you can point to that if you're not voting for him. In Kurt Schilling's case, what are you pointing to? The fact that you don't like him? Uh, now, interestingly enough, guys, himself, in that conversation with me, said he doesn't believe he's a Hall of Famer. He would gladly accept the honor if the Veterans Committee puts him in there, but he said he doesn't believe he's a Hall of Famer because he believes in that smaller hall where yeah. it's you say the guy's name instantaneously, and he played the little game with me, and he goes, Babe Ruth. I'm like, Hulk, uh, yes. Uh, Willie Mays, yes. Mickey Mantle, yes. Uh, and then he said Roy Halladay, and I hesitated. Now, I know Roy went in first ballot, uh, and, and he's certainly a Hall of Famer, but as soon as I hesitated, he goes, that hesitation – for him, same hesitation that he said people have that hesitation. If they have that with my name, and there are people, and numbers. there are people who do look yeah. at the baseball end of it. There are some baseball. There, you know, he doesn't have a yeah. Cy Young and all that. But I found it more alarming people who voted for him and then pulled back. Like you can again, right. if you say he's not, then that's fine. But if you say from he's a baseball not, perspective. from a baseball yeah. perspective, if you've been consistent in not voting for Schilling for that, that's fine. If you're just upset. 
because you took offense to him saying pull my name off the ballot. Sorry, that's where I have a problem. Um, my, my biggest my big issue with the whole thing is this, guys. It, it's we're, we're there's too many biases, there's too many agendas, and when you have 16 guys who didn't vote for Greg Maddox, when you have three guys who didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr., justify that. As soon as you turn in a ballot and you didn't vote for Greg Maddox, one of the greatest pitchers of our generation, who should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, I don't care what your your criteria is. You should be stripped of your vote. You didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr., bye-bye. You should be stripped of your vote. And for that reason, uh, I, I think the process needs to be changed. It should be a smaller uh, number of voters. It should be some whole Hall of Famers maybe, some some guys who are executives, managers, coaches, whatever it may be. Broadcasters. Yeah, and, and a rotating cast of writers. Mm-hmm. Not, and a smaller, smaller group rotating. More like the NFL? Yeah, you know, and, and the NFL, I, I think because they don't rotate those guys, it's the same guys. And, and again, you could see biases in the, like T.O. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why the heck was T.O. not but, a first ballot Hall of but Famer? Rob, I, but I'll, I'll give you this on the baseball end. If you do that, you may end up with more of the Harold Baines type stuff. I mean, you know, look, I mean, as bad as the Raiders cycle has been, and it's been bad. At times, you know, it, I don't think we covered ourselves in glory in the way we handle Bonds and Clemens. Uh, you know, I separate Manny and A Rod differently because they both failed tests. To me, that's a that's the disqualifier. After you saw what the sport did, but okay, whatever. We didn't cover ourselves in glory through this whole thing, but I'll be damned. The the Veterans Committee has been getting it wrong for forty years. Phil Rizzuto, <laughs> you know, people around here will freak out. Richie Ashburn. Um, now, did Phil Rizzuto get in on a vote, Kevin? Phil Rizzuto got in on Veterans Committee. Oh, I th- okay. I will. I'm right. sorry. I thought the he, Harold okay. Baines. I mean, all these guys. I'll, t- I'll tell you this: if Phil Rizzuto, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Rollins better get in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. J- well, yeah, Jimmy's no going. Rob, you'll agree. Jimmy's number will go up dramatically next year with the four guys falling off the ballot and more votes getting freed up. I hope up. so. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Yeah, for sure. And Scott Rowland might get in. Yeah, Do you I think. Uh, Dick, is Dick Allen getting in at some point? On the vet, he should yeah, yeah, he should, yeah, he's got to. People, I, I, people are anti. Vote. That just that kills me. To Rob, people vote. are so anti Scott Rowland, and I don't get it. I really don't. Like Scott yeah, Rowland, Scott Rowland's like Brooks Robinson. His numbers are similar to Brooks Robinson offensively and defensively. He was as good as Robinson in a lot of circles. Yeah, he he had no personality, right? And I think people hold that against him. He he wasn't a marketable guy. He was just a quiet guy. He went about his business. They didn't want to be in Philadelphia. And I think some some fans of Philly certainly hold that against him. But yeah, when you look at those numbers, you expect those numbers, man. I voted for him. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, He's a guy that I really want to look at next year. Is Andrew Jones? I I, I voted I for him this year, first time. Yeah. Andrew Jones is pretty good. I mean, eleven, time, I don't know if pretty eleven good gold gloves. Yeah, it's, I don't know. You know what I've I think ever seen a better defender, right? You know what I think it is feeling. a little bit too, Rob. When you just said when you were talking about Kurt, I think if you throw Scott Rowland's name out, I think most people have a have a hesitation, rightly or wrongly. Right? Yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but like when when Kevin used to say Scott Rowland to me, and I'd be like, uh, you know, and then he would maybe tell me. I, I'll tell you what. There Billy, was a time when I had that thought about Dick Allen. Well, B- Billy Wagner's you know, people, Billy Wagner's and another I one. Dick Allen. Dick Allen was my favorite player. And people would say Dick Allen. I'd be like, well. And then the more I started reading, you know, for a decade he was the best hitter in baseball. I'm like, well, hell, yeah. If and, you're the best hitter in baseball for a decade, you're in. And uh, Rob, uh, Billy Wagner is another guy that people around <laughs> here cringe at. Yeah. Billy Wagner's numbers yeah. are all timers among closers. 
Yeah. Best left-handed closer of all time. Yeah. Most dominant, right? Most dominant. Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. Here's something that's interesting, guys. And, and uh, I, I know Ryan Howard is now off the ballot, right? But Ryan Howard, for a six-year span, when he averaged 44 and 133, yeah. was the most dominant slugger in mm-hmm. baseball for a six-year span. He right. didn't do it long enough. But neither did Sandy Koufax. Yeah, but he retired at 31, it. Rob. I think that's why. I think well, that's why people Kirby like Gail Sayers. Kirby Puckett Gale was Sayers, the same way. Gail Sayers played five years, six years, right? But I think people gave him the benefit of the doubt that his knee went tapioca on him, um, whereas Ryan continued playing for another five years. Yeah, but, but his Achilles, right? His, yeah. oh, I, I I'm agree not with saying you. I was going to vote yeah. for him, I'm, but I'm yeah. saying like there's, a, there's an argument to where you yes. can say – if you were the best for that significant time, a yeah. six-year span, you know, that, that's going to be interesting in two years when Chase Utley's on a ballot. For yeah. six years, he was top yeah. three to his position. Yeah, he's still – Let me throw this name. Hold on. Wait a minute, Kev. Yeah. Because I've, I've said this to Kevin before. How about Albert Bell, who for 10 years put up numbers that were unbelievable? Yeah. He'll be first ballot, though, Like. No, Albert, Albert Bell is I, off. I, I, I'm sorry, Albert Pujols, I was thinking. That's okay. I thought you were Albert, saying Albert, Albert Bell. Yeah, yeah. Albert years, Joey but, Bell. But he was a prick, Bell, yeah. right? People didn't like him. But yeah. if you look yeah, at Ask the trick-or-treaters. There's trick-or-treaters. <laughs> ask them about him, right? <laughs> by, by, by the way, Rob, I think I'm a no on Utley when it comes up. Just not long. He, you, know who, I, you know who I compare him to? He's Don Mattingly. That that it, prime yeah, was it, so it's, good, it's but hard, it, it's hard. Yeah. He, he's he's a he's, it's a hard one. It's a tough one. It won't be easy. All right, I've we've held Rob and his kids in the seat long enough. Rob, uh, enjoy Florida. It's I, all, hey, hey, all good, brother. I wish I I wish I was getting down there this year. I got the teaching thing going, so I can't get down there for spring training. But or if there is hey, a spring hey, training, congrats on that, though, man. Uh, I love seeing you doing great things and everything that you're doing, man. So good for you. And, and and Mike, hey, you have no excuses. You ought to just just come settle down in Florida. What are you doing up there? We we've got two grandkids. That's that's the main problem. But see, now you're making me feel bad. My parents. That's the hardest thing. Yeah, they we got the FaceTime. They see the kid. Now I'm about to call them. About what I think now. we might end up doing is something like in our lives like, is going down for like January and February, just so I don't have to shovel freaking snow. Uh, it makes sense. Rob, <laughs> thanks like everybody a lot. else. Rob, thanks a lot, man. Be good. Stay safe. Enjoy the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Yeah, try thanks, try to put up with that 55-degree day tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be rough. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. Send them my way. Exactly. Yeah. Rob Motti from the AP, and we'll be back on Work of the Beat right after this. Our thanks to Rob Motti from the Associated Press for joining us. Uh, yeah, he, he was talking about how it's going to end in the 50s tomorrow down there. Your heart bleeds, I know. I, I'm going to tell you. In all honesty, see, I, I shouldn't say this because my wife has a sister who's 10 years older than her, all our friends. Like, it, it, it's hard to just leave. I, I applaud Rob for doing what he did mm-hmm. and, and making that decision, and I'm sure he, he did. But to just pick up, even though the weather's great and you make new friends, I, I get all that. But I'm I'm Philly. I'm, I'm you know, I, part of me always wonders how I would be if I, you know, would I enjoy it as much as I think I would enjoy it? You know, I don't know. Well, and now look, in the summertime, he's going to be battling hundred degree heat. Yeah, but he's by the water, so I guess that negates some of that. And, and look, Florida, Florida is an acquired taste in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, but 
I, you know, the wife and I have talked eventually at some point I would love to retire in Clearwater because, you know, look, anybody who covered spring training down there, the the, peop, the Phillies had such a benefit for all of us who covered them. They weren't in Lakeland. They weren't in Plant City. Yeah. They weren't in these middle of Orlando. Lakeland. Lakeland. <laughs> you know, you had Clearwater. Dunedin was nice. Sarasota's nice, but it felt special. And you were close enough to Tampa. And so I've grown to love the place. And yeah, eventually, I think 15, 20 years down the road, I'm going to probably think about this, Kevin. It's, it's what it's one. I just, I know people who, who, I know people who live down here now. I know lots of people, right? The summers can be brutal. Oh yeah. Just like the winters up here can be brutal. That's the trade off you make. But I've heard that if you're inland in Florida, yeah. In the summer, Forget it. Yeah. You, you bake. It's like being in Georgia or you Alabama. Bake. You bake. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. You know, and, and your electric bill is probably like $700. Yeah. But, you know, the trade off is, you know, when I'm shoveling snow tomorrow, uh, you know, he's down there in, you know, 60 degree weather. With a windbreaker. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. You and I talked this week. Um, we, we talked this week about one topic that bugged you. And honestly, I understand why it bugged you because it bugged me. And that's the flyers and the press conference they had on Wednesday mm-hmm. with Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher. And I'll just let you go. Go ahead. Hold I, up. Well, let's preface this by saying that no team holds press conferences. What are telling you? And they've, choose. and they've lost 13 in a row. Right. So, so anything they said was going to be look, bad. Sirianni and Roseman had a press conference two weeks ago, and God bless them, they made the play where they told you that, uh, you know, they love their wide receivers and they love the, their defense and they love Jalen Hurts and they love whatever. Uh, I, I get it. You, 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 you got you got to do things like that. But the Eagles were coming off a season in which they made the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. They didn't look good in the last game, but they surpassed expectations. Who knows what the future holds? Okay. But the Flyers have lost 13 straight games. After, After losing, losing 10, 10 straight, straight, right, which no team in the NHL, I think, has done for like two decades or yeah. so, something like that. And we've been dealing with this now for, for the last decade. Right? And you're only halfway through the year. You're halfway through the year, and I get it. They've had guys hurt. I understand that. Every team gets guys hurt. Malkin missed the first Two months of the season for the Penguins. Ovechkin, okay? or uh, uh, Crosby missed time. Ovechkin's, the, uh, you've had Flyers, COVID. You've had COVID that's played into all this as well. The Flyers fired their coach, for God's sake, and he was supposed to be the guy. Okay. Then they bring up things like, well, our attendance, the reason our attendance is off because of COVID. Well, in case they haven't been paying attention, the Sixers are second in the NBA in home attendance. Mm-hmm. Is there COVID for Flyers games but not Sixers games? No. They, they, this ownership, and I understand, you can't come out and say we stink, we're this, we're that. I think they have one prospect. If, if I'm, and I'm not the hockey guy, one prospect who's ranked in the top 75 of prospects in the NHL, and they're going to tell you we're a few pieces away. Mm-hmm. Are those few pieces Ovechkin, Cosby, um, you know, the guy in Edmonton? McDavid, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, but what I, all I'm saying is. Just don't – I think they what's happened, Kevin, is – and you've been on this for a long time. They they don't get the fan base. They don't get and, – and the fan base has been loyal. 
It's a loyal fan base, right? Mm-hmm. And it just disturbed me when I heard them talking. I was like, I just think they went way too far in trying to bring up excuses and the blame game and this. And I'm not saying that you're maybe you're three years away from being a good team again. I'm not saying that. But they brought up the fact that in November they were knocking on the playoff door. What does that mean? Can you please tell me what that means? I can't. And okay, let, let, let so me, it's not it's not just me then. Let me be honest. Okay. okay, if a GM comes out and has a press conference at a time like this, that's fine. But when you get Dave Scott, who knows oh. as much hockey as, as my dog. Okay, Finley. You're sure, may, you're, you might. Well, I'm not going to get. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say something there. Right. No, Finley. Finley may know more about like the neutral zone trap than Dave Scott. Okay. So this whole idea, Dave Scott, who came from nowhere, he was a corporate suit imposed on Comcast after Ed Snyder by Comcast after Ed Snyder died. Okay. The idea that Dave Scott is commenting on on matters of the franchise on the ice. And yeah. basically saying, well, the business side's up the valley, Camillo, by the way, if you're not paying attention. Well, no, Dave, you concentrate on the business side. You should have nothing to do with hockey. Trust your hockey guys. If your hockey guys are screwing up, fire them. Like, this yeah. is just ridiculous. You know, and look, was Ed Snyder perfect? No. He he was panicky at times. He made he made lots of mistakes. He made tons of mistakes, but I yeah. think Ed Snyder gave a crap. And oh, I don't think no, Dave he, he crap, yeah. I don't think Dave Scott gives a crap. And even this, you know, I'm just as angry as you. That doesn't work. If you have to say I'm just as angry as you, it doesn't work. You know, one of the problems, Kevin, this is why you said a couple of years ago when you were like, Mike, why aren't you into gritty? And I'm like, Yeah, I don't care about gritty. The problem is they care about gritty. Everything they'll, is they'll about be, gritty. They'll be telling you how they're fans. And it's okay. It's okay to have gritty. It's Absolutely. okay to have gritty. It's okay to have a mascot. Absolutely. But you got to know when to back off. Don't tell me that you're doing things for your fans. You know, you now you do things for your fans, you make the playoffs. Maybe you win a playoff series. Maybe you draft better. Maybe you whatever. I mean, they, they, look, they got a guy who's a coach. I don't know if this guy's going to be the coach next he year. Won't. I don't think he should be. He won't. But I don't think that's his fault. I just think, you know, he, it is what it is. Fletcher, now apparently what I Fletcher was kind of like a Bobby Clark kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Fletcher's any good or not. I just know that this team stinks, okay? And last year I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. It was COVID. It was all that. I understand that things – but, my God, you can't be this bad – and have a press conference. It's like Kevin Bacon in that in, in uh Remain calm. All is good, all is good. Or what yeah. and, I mean, and, come on. and you and, and you can't have the hockey guy come out and say, let's uh, at his first words, let's congratulate Keith Randall for breaking the law the Iron Man streak. Look, that's nothing against Keith Ran- uh, Yandel. Uh, you know, it's an impressive. You do stat. that at the end. Of, you do that at the very end. You do that at the it end. A, it is a great accomplishment. It is a great accomplishment. Nobody here gave a shit. No, they didn't. You're right. Nobody You're right. here, because honestly, Keith Yandel, since he's gotten here, the only reason he's playing is because of the Iron Man streak. He's not yeah. good. Yeah. And and the fact is, you're going. You, you, look, you might be trading Drew. I hope they trade Drew. I hope he goes and plays for a team that has a chance to make a run. You've wasted Claude Drew's career. The second ah. leading scorer in your franchise history. A franchise that had Bill Barber, Rick McLeish, John LeClaire, 
And the only guy that he's Eric Lindros. And the only guy he's behind is Bobby Clark. Now, you know, uh, and you've got Buckus to show for it, basically. Basically, Buckus. One run. Uh, one he, miracle run. Yeah, he was they had the one miracle run. run. Think Kevin, how think how 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. Think how bad this franchise would be if it wasn't for 2010. How oh. how long oh. this oh. desert would be if it yes. wasn't for 2010. Well, it's like it's like the Phillies with 93. I mean, you know, if you take the Phillies from like 86 or 85 to 2007 and you took 93 out, You'd be like, holy God, but they had 93. They've, so. they've made one cup final, one, yeah. since 97. Yeah. One. And, the, and they got swept in that one, but that's okay. And the coach got fired because he called them a bunch of chokers. But the problem is the Flyers still think of themselves, they're an elite franchise, they're not. They still overvalue their talent. You, you, Kevin, you've told me this for years. And, and, and they, they, it's, they overvalue what they got. And then it turns out that a lot of the guys they think are good aren't good. Just so, and, and my one and my one buddy Jeff and Jeff's listening to this. I know Jeff is awesome in a lot of ways, and, and he's right. He goes sometimes it's like you you hate the sport. No, I love the sport. This is I why I, sport. Uh, no, this is why I freak out. Okay, no. I I think they just need they need to kind of purge themselves completely of no. this. Here's what they don't understand. This is what they don't understand. The product on the ice stinks. Okay? The building they play in stinks. It's overpriced. It's lifeless. Okay? You have so many corporate suits. It's a bad atmosphere. Okay? You have a fan base that feels like you're talking down to them in a lot of ways. Okay? Because of... Whether you want to say the Kate Smith thing, they didn't. Uh, the, the 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 older fan base did not embrace gritty. They kind of and it's ticket increase after ticket increase after ticket increase. Fans are pissed, and rightfully. So hey, I grew I grew up on the Flyers winning the cups. Okay, you were you were not around yet, but I mean that was no, my but, Flyers. I, but I grew up I grew up with their second best era, which was the, the late the, the mid eighties. Flyers in the eighties were tremendous. Yes, okay. I mean they went they they it, there's nothing. The Lindros Flyers were very good, and if mm-hmm. Lindros, God forbid, hadn't gotten all the concussions, who knows? Who knows? But it's been forty five years. No, it's been forty seven years. Forty seven, and years. it's going to get the fifty. It's going and to get the fifty. And like you said, one cup final since 97. Um, I think they made an Eastern final in 2000 or 2000. They made it in 2000, 2004, and I think 2008. Okay. So I'm I'm missing a few. Okay. Um, But my God, it's just, you you can't, and I don't know what they should say. Maybe they shouldn't have held a press conference. Maybe that would have been better. It should have just been Chuck Fletcher talking hockey stuff. That's it. Yeah, I agree with you. But again, they it, it just left such and, and I listened to talk radio that day. Gargano was going nuts. Mizzinelli was going and, and, nuts. And you know what? Their PR staff is great. This isn't a PR problem. No, this is a their upper, PR guy is the Zach the Hill is the best. Yeah. Best yeah. in town. It's not a Zach Hill issue. It's not it's yeah. somebody up above Zach who may yeah. not have listened to Zach because I get the feeling Zach 
we know him well enough. I haven't talked to Zach, so I'm just saying this. Oh, they ain't listening to Zach. No, like, they don't. No, no, you think, nobody's you telling think Scott. Z- you think Scott's listening to, no. to Zach? No, no, come on, no. Um, but when you when your captain says you've hit rock bottom, this is rock bottom since 1970. I mean, the, in, in the history of the Flyers since their Cup years. This, to me, is as bad as it's ever been. I know probably pre-Lindros, there was a couple years in there where they were kind of going through the process, like the Sixers went through the process, not to the same degree. This is as bad as this franchise has been. And think about it. Two years ago, when Vigneault came in, we were all excited. Yeah. They got to the playoffs. They won a playoff series. They they all, they all got the game seven in the next round. You know who, okay? uh, you know who Dave Scott reminds me of? Okay, I'm this- almost scared to ask you. You remember the Police Academy movies? I really didn't see. I I didn't really see many of them, Kevin. Okay. All right. Well, I have two. I have two different examples. He's either Commandant Lassard from Police Academy, who's just a bumbling, like doofus, who constantly somehow stumbles into stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if you remember WKRP in Cincinnati, Mr. Sure. Car- Mr. Carlson. I love Mr. Carlson. He acts like Mr. Carlson. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. I swear who, that, I swear who, on my life okay, I thought turkeys does, could fly. Why, why does Scott have a job? Who put him in this position? Brian Roberts. Okay. Now, so that's on Brian Robertson. And let or you gotta yeah. go to Dave and say, Dave, you handle what you handle, because maybe you're very good at that. Right. For all I know, you do that. Don't when you get people, it would almost be like if um uh, God, how, how can I? Like when McPhail used to come in and talk to us, and you're like, Andy, what are you, what are you talking about? We see you once a year. Yeah, but Andy, but Andy was a baseball guy. I understand that, but they should have just let Clentak talk because it was Clentak was the GM. If whatever, but but it just that whole press conference to me, you've lost 13 straight games after you lost 10 and fired your coach, and the message at the press conference basically was. We're going to turn this around right right away. Yep. We're going to be okay. And it always seems like the Flyers go back to that, we'll work hard. Mm -hmm. We're going to work hard because that's what they did back in the day. We're going to work harder. You don't need workers. You need skill. They have. You see these other teams play, Kevin. The good teams. Even some of the bad teams. Like Edmonton is not playing well for reasons I don't understand. They've got like three or four guys on their team that can score. The Flyers have. Basically, no. But I'll give I'll give you Giroux. They don't have any guy on their team that another team is afraid of. They don't. Uh, yeah. and, and you can't play like that because eventually you're going to play these other teams, and now they're losing the bad teams. They're not even losing the because remember at the start of the year they started eight four and two if I remember. Yep. And they were beating good teams. Yeah. And uh, then it all went to I – and mean, look, I know some of the guys have been hurt, but they signed these guys. Yeah. Like Ellis, you know, Ellis is hurt. He's played four games, but didn't he have a history of that? Yeah. Let me let me, let me wrap it up with this. Uh, I'll get – the one other part of this whole equation, and we'll get into the Sixers next week, and we'll, we're going to talk college basketball next week. Dana O'Neill's going to join us and everything. But I'm going to give a plug for another podcast. It's uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, Russ Joy, and uh, Chris Terrian do a podcast called Snow to Goalie. And, and obviously, San Filippo, and San Filippo is a great writer. I've known Anthony for a long time. I'd love to get him on this show. But I find Terry fascinating. And look, Chris Chris got He's lucky. He's got a great story, man. Right. 
And, and Chris got let go by the Flyers from the TV crew and all that, and he's been very critical of the organization. But the one thing I keep hearing is how this group just ignores the alumni. And it was never going to be what it was under Ed Snyder, you know, with the you're going to get a job and all that. But there are some serious fractions in a Flyer family that was always there. And that, to me, is a... See, I thought that was always the problem, Kevin, is that they listened to guys like Clarkie and... and uh, I, I, thought, I thought it was a problem, but it's also now being... Like, you can almost go from one extreme to the other, and I think they're yeah. going too far to the other. So, Well, hey, look, I, all I know is um, there's a fine line you walk sometimes between, you know, how much... But I think in Philadelphia, especially with the Flyers, mm-hmm. as much as any franchise... We value those guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still love Kelly, yeah. right? He hasn't played a hockey game in 40 years, yep. right? Yeah. We love guys like that. We, 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 you know, if, if the Flyers have a night where all those guys show up, you know, people are showing up. Exactly. For that. Let me, um, let me wrap I this. Let me, know. let me wrap this up real quick. Um, uh, and if AFC and NFC championship games, who are we seeing in the Super Bowl in two weeks in, in at SoFi? I, I, look. I would be shocked if the Bengals went to KC and won. I would too. I, and I I don't agree with Rob too. I, I think the Bengals can score some points, you know, but DeMar the, the Chase had 255 yards. Mm-hmm. The game they won, I can't see that. I mean, I got to believe Spagnuolo's going to say, yo, and I also got to believe that they're going to sack him, that they might not sack him nine times. But they're going to um, send pressure. They're going to send pressure. You know, mm-hmm. But I th- I would say something like Kansas City, like uh, 38-24. Yeah. That's, that sounds, sounds about right. That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, NFC? I-, I tell you, Kevin, I, I think I'm going to be rooting for the Niners. Yeah. Only because I love to see Jimmy Garoppolo keep winning and people say, oh, he stinks. Well, okay, well, he stinks. But, you know, he's going to another Super Bowl. I, I-, I-, I kind of see the Rams. I, I just, like I said, I can't believe they're going to lose seven straight to this team and not go to the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. in a year where they host the Super Bowl. And I think New Orleans, a few years ago, maybe that year where the Rams got, uh, where they they had the bad game against the Rams, wasn't that Super Bowl in New Orleans? No, it it wasn't in New Orleans. It was going to be in Atlanta. The the Vikings had a shot to go to the Super Bowl when they played the Eagles. Okay, that's what it was then. Okay, so... Like I said, Kansas City could wind up playing a team in the Super Bowl two years in a row. I think, me personally, the Rams-Chiefs would be a better Super Bowl. I do, too. I just do. I think Because I think the Rams can score with them. I don't think Kansas City can score. I mean... Um, well, they played that Monday night game two years ago or three years ago, which was like 55 51, Oh, right, 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 yeah. Or um, whatever it was. I, I would love to see a rematch of that. I think the Niners are going to win. I, I let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Yeah. If God forbid the Super Bowl is the Bengals Niners, hey, break out Boomer and Collinsworth and all those crew. No, but I mean that would be a real John Taylor for like, for like the NFL and everything. No, wouldn't it? Like, and I'm, I mean, look, the Bengals are a great story, and the 49ers are a pretty good story. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking the stories. I'm just saying, you have a chance to get Patrick Mahomes and L.A. In right. a Super Bowl, and you end up with with, with yeah. the Bengals and the Niners. Mean, come on, yeah. man. So, all right, Mike, I gotta get going. I got. I'm going out to dinner. Where are you going? PJ Wheelahans. Which one? Horsham. Okay, well, uh, get back before the snow starts. We'll do. I'll talk to you later.
Okay, babe, take our, care. Our thanks to Rob Mahdi for joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us. Stay safe, everybody, this weekend. This has been Working the Beat. Park Avenue clothes You had the Dom Perignon in your hand